All right. So welcome to the Balance Life Podcast, where we are going to be talking about any and everything that will allow you to create balance between living life and working on your financial goals without the guilt. I wanted to start this podcast off discussing financial goals because what I've realized working with people over the last couple of years is one of the biggest mistakes that people have is adopting goals that aren't even theirs and they end up feeling burnt out, confused, behind, and they feel like they have to play this game of catch up when really all they had to do was actually create goals and aspirations that, that actually align with their goals and their values. So this is what we're going to kick off on the first part. So the main, main importance or the main reason why having clear financial goals is important is because it will allow you to minimize the guilt that you'll feel later on or that you can tend to feel when you are starting your financial journey. A lot of times when we start our financial journey and we have goals that we're trying to accomplish, we try to do the most to catch up in the least amount of time as possible, neglecting other aspects of our life. So our mental health, our household, you know, family obligations, friend obligations, things like that, because we're so used to hearing, oh, hustle, hustle, hustle. We have to get to the bag. We have to do X, Y, and Z. And that is not what I teach here. Okay. So we want to focus on balance and that is it. So when it comes to some of the benefits that you're wanting to be pretty much benefiting from when it comes to creating your financial goals is of course you will have increased motivation. I don't know about you, but when something really doesn't align with me, I am very unmotivated and I'm just not going to do it. Or I will drag my feet until I am close to a deadline to make it happen. And that's what I'm seeing with a lot of people is oh, I feel like I am unmotivated or I feel like I'm behind. But realistically, it's just because your body and your mind is telling you that what you're trying to accomplish isn't actually what you want to accomplish. You've just adopted it from somebody else. So one example that I'll give you is there's a client of mine who started off with this idea of, okay, I just want to be financially comfortable to the point that I don't have to worry about bills. Bills can be paid you know, on an automatic basis. And I get to spend time with my kids as much as possible. But she started to internalize a lot of the, oh, if you're not making X amount of dollars per year, or if there's not X amount of dollars in your bank account, then you have no right to splurge, to go on vacation, to treat yourself. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> no, if your ultimate goal is just for you to be financially comfortable and allow you to be present in the home then what everybody else is talking about is a non-factor or it should be a non-factor for you. So one of the biggest advantages that you're going to deal with is having an increased motivation because now you are actually focusing on things that align with you, your goals, and your value. And then because you have that goal that aligns with all of that, you now have direction and you can properly be focused um, instead of you know, I'm seeing what they're doing and feeling like I got to catch up to them. I'm seeing what they're doing and feel like I have to catch up to them. And the next thing you know, you're crashing and burning and you are overwhelmed. Now, whether you are here or you're going to be watching the replay at some point, what I really want you to do is take some time to reflect on what it is that you want to accomplish financially and, and in life and explain why, whether that's you writing it down, journaling, you know, putting in the comment section, whatever the case is, what is it that you actually want to accomplish and why? So 
for example, for me, one of the biggest things that I have come to realize that I want to accomplish is, again, I just want to be financially comfortable. I don't want to worry about, you know, um, bills. I don't want to worry about if I want to go splurge and, you know, kick myself in the pants later on. And then I also want to make sure that whatever I am doing, it's not interfering with home life, you know, my parental duties, my wife duties, home duties, and just duties to myself, right? So I... So I will say that coming back from this six month or so hiatus from being online, I've been able to um, <laughs> I've been able to realign with what's actually important to me. Trying to keep up with someone else's expectations is exhausting. Absolutely. It sure is. And I don't want that for anybody. <laughs> um, being able to come back from this hiatus, I'm a little bit more refreshed because I am now aligned with what it is I actually want to accomplish. For a while, I felt, fell down this rabbit hole of well, you know, I have to do everything that all these business gurus and coaches are saying that um, I should do because apparently my goals aren't big enough. You know, hearing, oh, $100,000 isn't a lot of money. $250,000 is a lot of money. And I just don't understand that in the economy that we're in, the um, point in history that we're in where $100,000 or $250,000 isn't a lot of money for people who just want to be comfortable and to me, that speaks to a lot of privilege and it is tone deaf. So being able to shut those voices out have allowed me to realign myself. So it's really important that you take some time to self-reflect, figure out what it is that you actually want to accomplish and why you want to accomplish them, right? Um, another thing that I had to stop doing is really trying to play the game like everybody else. Everybody has their own assignment in life. Everybody has their own um, journey that they're supposed to take. And if everybody's trying to take the same path, the same journey, where is your uniqueness coming from? And where is, um, who's, who is going to actually fulfill the purpose that you were supposed to be fulfilling? You may be on, you may have this purpose of, you know, I am going to be breaking all these generational cycles in my family. Um, and the way that I'm going to do that is through finance and through uh, healing with therapy and communication. Right. And somebody else's purpose might be, oh, I just need to they just need to make money because they're going to be starting a nonprofit or whatever. Everybody has different purposes. So trying to adopt other people's goals because it sounds good is just going to end up making you feel miserable. Let's see here. All right. So now that we've talked about the advantages of having properly aligned goals, of course, I am going to tell you <laughs> how to create goals that actually make sense. That's plenty. A hundred thousand is a great number. People project inflated numbers on others. They do. They absolutely do. And it really irritates me because there's a lot of people eating it up and thinking that they're not doing enough in life when life is already full of enough pressures as it is. People over here trying to figure out, you know, um, how they want to increase their income because inflation is absolutely ridiculous. They're just trying to figure out how they're going to be able to spend time with their family. They're trying to figure out a lot of things and putting unnecessary pressure of, oh, $100,000 isn't a lot of money. Please, I live in Central Texas. $100,000 is a lot of money, okay? <laughs> it's more than enough, to be completely honest. So I, I think it's really important that when you start, when you're following people for, business advice, financial advice, or whatever, you take into consideration where you are, where you're trying to be, 
and leave everything out because everything is a bunch of noise and not helpful. But so when it comes to creating your financial goals, I love using the SMART acronym. Um, so SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely, right? Now, um, I'm going to go back to that R real quick because I actually added another one, which is relevant. So specific meaning I want to save $10,000 in the next 12 months, right? That's very specific. You have that goal. And if you want to be more specific is I want to save $10,000 in the next 12 months because I want to have a down payment on my next car, or I want to have um, just a nice little cushion in my account in case nothing, in case something pops up that is unexpected, right? That's specific. Measurable is being like, all right, I, on average, have to put $833.33 a month into this account and not touch it. It's measurable because on average, you should be able to see that you are paying yourself $833 a month, right? And then is it attainable? It depends on where you are at currently mentally and financially and also <laughs> emotionally, okay? Because all those things are, will affect whether or not you can reach these goals. So based on your finances, do you have $833 left over after paying your bills, taking care of what you need to take care of? Um, do you have $833 that you can put away comfortably without having to touch it, right? And then is it realistic? Again, if after you pay all your bills, you only have $400 left, it's not a realistic goal because you don't have the funds to put that $833, uh, $833 away on average. Now, is it relevant? Now, I decided to add relevant because... <laughs> Like I talked about earlier, there's a lot of people out here who are trying to uh, incorporate things into their life that actually is going to be more harmful than good, right? So is it relevant to your overall aspirations, your goals? Is it aligned with you and your values? Because if I have the goal of making enough money to the point that I can be comfortable and not have to worry about bills, I can be present in all the other aspects of my life. I am more than likely not going to adopt a goal that's going to take me away or take me out of that alignment. I'm not going to say yes to opportunities that's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go to your game. I can't go to your recital. Oh, we can't have date night. I'm not taking those type of opportunities, no matter what number is attached to it, because it is knocking me out of alignment. So is it relevant to your overall aspirations and your goals? And then is it timely? So based on the goal that you set for yourself, can you accomplish this in 12 months? So we know you're putting $833 on average into a bank account. Um, and you have this as a 12-month goal. If everything aligns and you're able to say, yes, this is a timely goal, this is now SMART. If there's any part of this acronym, if there's any part of this acronym that is a no, that means this is not a SMART goal. Um, and if, if it's not a SMART goal, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be attainable uh, or it's no forever. That just means we need to figure out how we can make it a SMART goal. So do we need to increase our timeline? Do we need to find a way to increase our income or minimize our expenses so we can free up some income? Uh, do we need to take a step back and realize uh, so we can realize if this is an actual goal that we need to be working on right now? Or do we need to put our attention somewhere else. 
It's all about finagling some things so that you can actually make things work for you. Your finances are supposed to work for you, not the other way around. There are too many people stressing about the dollars that when the dollars are supposed to be working for us. <laughs> so obviously you have to work for your money, but after you get it, you shouldn't be stressing so much about what to do with it and how to actually um, achieve your goals even more. It's all about figuring out a game plan, right? Now, once you have realized that your goals are smart, <clears throat> excuse me, once you have realized your goals are SMART goals, then you need to come up with action plans. So everything that I tell my clients when it comes to goal creation, I try to keep it as simple as possible because nobody has time to add extra stress <laughs> into our daily lives, okay? So I don't know how long it has been since y'all have had to write papers <laughs> or anything like that, but I like creating an action plan in a form of a a research paper outline. So you have your main topics and then your subtopics, right? So let's say using the goal of $10,000 or saving $10,000 in the next 12 months. Well, what we're going to do then is the main topic is, all right, the goal is to save $10,000 in 12 months. The subtopics are the action steps that you're going to take to reach said goals. So if we are going to say, all right, we're going to open up a separate bank account, um, so that we are not tempted to touch that money, that's going to help us in the long run because we are going to maintain the balance in that account. So I'm gonna open up another account. That's that's the subtopic to un, uh, underneath the main one. Then the other topic is, the, excuse me, the other subtopic is I am going to automate my savings so I don't necessarily have to touch my money. It's automatically gonna be saved for me so it minimizes the stress and minimizes the hands in the cookie jar type deal. And then another subtopic could be, all right, I have to do an audit once a month or once every two weeks or whenever I get paid to make sure that I'm on track. It's just literally creating baby steps so that those baby steps add up to big. So those baby steps add up to um, the grown up steps to you actually getting closer to achieving said goals. Does that make sense? So then. Once we start creating the outline for the extra steps to reach our goals, <laughs> been a minute, I know, listen, I know <laughs> it's been a minute for a good portion of us, but that is the easiest way that I can explain creating the action steps for your goals. <laughs> but um, once you have your SMART goals and then you start creating the baby steps or the action steps that you're going to take to reach your goals, then we're, we're going to have to figure out some more like timelines for our goals. So is this a short-term goal? Is this a mid-term goal, long-term goal? So a short-term goal for me is anything under five years. Mid-term is five to seven, and then long-term is seven and beyond, right? Um, so the importance of having short-term, mid-term, long-term tags on your goals is it puts things into perspective and it helps you minimize the anxiety that you have on reaching your financial goals, right? Because uh, a lot of us think, oh, we have to have all these goals accomplished like two weeks ago. No, <laughs> we, need to, we need to take a step back and breathe and it will allow us to have the perspective so that when we feel that anxiety coming up into us, 
we can say, all right, well, this is a short-term goal that I had anyway. I have three years or I have five years to actually reach this, this goal. So I'm going to be okay. I can take a step back and I can stop putting this unnecessary pressure on myself, right? So a goal of mine for a, a short-term goal within five years, right? I want to be able to say, all right, um, this house is more than halfway paid off. That's an attainable goal that we can have. Uh, a midterm goal that I have is, all right, I want to break ground on my first tiny home community within five to six years, midterm. Long-term goal is I want to have at least three of my tiny home communities started or running, um, but that's my long-term goals that'll be in like my 40s, 50s, and beyond. So because I have these goals and categories, I can breathe a little bit better instead of looking at just the list of my goals and feeling like I'm behind and not checking everything off. Everything is about timing. And as long as you are making some headway, you're good. You're going to eventually get there as long as you are making intentional actions <laughs> for these goals. Now, for you, when it comes to short-term goals, I know a lot of uh, people who come to me, their main goal right now is, okay, I want to minimize my debt. Okay, cool. That's that's an easy short-term goal, right? If you want to say, I want to pay off $20,000 worth of debt within the next three years, great short-term goal. A uh, midterm goal could be, I want to have you know my first investment property within the next five to seven years. Cool, you can do that. Long-term goal is, all right, I want to have um, at least $5 million stashed away in a trust so that my kids don't have to worry about anything when I pass and they can build onto that so they can, you know, pass it down to their next generation. Whatever your goal is, put it in categories so that you can put things in pers perspective and not stress yourself out as much. Now, when it comes to goals, <laughs> for me, I am a highly visual person. Um, so for me, I will create a digital vision, vision board or I'll even like cut out some pictures and stuff and put it on a poster board somewhere so I can actually see it. My thing is I fully believe in that verse. I think it's, Hab I can never say the name right, so don't come for me. Um, Habakkuk 2, verse 2, um, write the vision, make it plain. I believe that when you are actually writing it down, you are putting it out there that this is what I'm going to accomplish, this is what I want to accomplish, and I'm going to put in the proper actions to make sure that it happens. It's like a, a visual motivator. So if you are someone who's highly visual like me, creating a vision board or just, you know, putting your goals or somewhere that you can see is going to be, I think, a game changer for a lot of you. Alrighty. So let's talk about aligning goals and uh, with values and priorities somewhere, okay? <laughs> Because I think when we get into the social media space, it's easy to fall down a rabbit hole of shoulda, woulda, coulda, um, and it doesn't it, it doesn't do any good for anybody. So I really want you, when you are starting to write out your goals and figuring out why they are your goals, I want you to take it a little step further and ask yourself, do these goals align with my values, who I want to be, who I want my children to see me as, who I want to be to my spouse, um, who I want to be in my community? Does it align with these said values? Because at the end of the, end of the, at the, end of the day, at least for me, <laughs> I need to make sure that whatever it is I'm working on is not knocking me out of alignment so that I can actually show up as the person that I'm meant to show up as 
show up and serve uh, my community online, show up and serve my family, you know, um, and just show up and serve myself too. Because it, if y'all been with me since the, since the beginning, y'all have seen a lot of transformation in my business and in my brand. And you, I have been very open about the transitions that I've been making to minimize the burnout that I was feeling. When I started um, to follow everybody else's path, I was stressed out. I was really about to shut the doors on that finance chick. Y'all was not about to see me again because I was stressed and overwhelmed. But <laughs> at this point in my life, I'm like, okay, I really didn't need to do half of the, no, I really didn't need to do 90% of the things that I was doing in the beginning to actually show up as the person that I was supposed to show up for or show up as to help the people that I was supposed to help. Um, what I needed to do was actually stand firm in my alignment and what I was actually called to do so that um, I can actually be a positive impact on myself and on my on my community. So you really need to ask yourself if they are aligning with your values. What are your values? If you want to drop some of them in the comment section, feel free. I'd like to see them. You know, are your priorities making sure that you're always available for your family? Because listen, no judgment. There are some people who doesn't have that priority. Some of them are like, you know, I would rather work 24 seven so my kids can have everything that I didn't have. You know, it's a sacrifice right now, but you know, they'll appreciate it later. That's not my calling. Okay. <laughs> I want to be as present as possible. That does not align. That mindset does not align with my values or my priorities. So you need to really figure out what they are so that when you go to write out your goals and you start to work on your goals, you don't have to run into burnout as much as I did. And as much as some of my other clients have as well. So go ahead and drop some of your priorities and values in the comment section and let me know if your goals that you have adopted, if they've gone against them or if they've been working with them. All right. Then, since we have talked about the benefits of having specific goals, making them smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, relevant, and timely, um, and then also creating goals that align with your priorities and values. Of course, I have to give you some action steps because I don't like doing live streams and not giving action steps. Come on now. So <laughs> what I want you to do when we get off of here um, is I want you to write out your top five goals. These can be short-term goals, long-term goals, midterm goals, or they can be you know, in each individual category. Completely up to you. I want you to write out your goals, run them through the SMART acronym. Again, if any part of the acronym is no, once you write them out, then it's not a SMART goal. Then your next step is going to figure out, okay, what can I do to make it SMART? Is it increasing your time? Is it um, increasing your income, minimizing your expenses, doing a combination of these three things? What is it? What can make it SMART? Um, and then you're going to ask yourself, do these align with who I want to become, who I want to show up as, and what it is I really want to accomplish for myself, my family, my community, whatever the case is. Um, because once you actually understand your what and your why, it's going to be really difficult to shake you from those goals and knock you out of your alignment. Once you actually have this, getting to your financial potential 
it's going to be a lot easier for you, or I'll say this, a lot simpler for you because of the fact that you don't have to continuously start over from, um, oh man, I started working on this goal because I, I was told that my goal wasn't good enough. And now I'm realizing I should have just stuck with what I needed to do in the first place or what my initial goal was. That was me, okay? Learn from me and my mistake because I have had to start over quite a few times because I was trying to adopt things that had nothing to do with me. Honestly, it was none of my business. I shouldn't have even been following it. <laughs> so those are your action steps so you can start implementing the goals that you have. Now, um, I want to go ahead and do a Q&A for, I want to go ahead and do a Q&A based off of what we talked about. We have a couple of minutes where we can definitely knock some questions out, but uh, I wanted to kick this podcast off and, you know, my hiatus off with dreaming, defining and achieving your financial goals, because a lot of people don't even realize that the goals that they have set for themselves aren't even their goals and don't even align with who they are and what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And it will make things a lot easier in the ongoing 30-day series that we're doing if you actually understand the goals that you have for yourself. So if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the comment section. I would love, love, love to answer them. And then also, if you are looking to get some help with creating your financial goals and also creating a system that actually makes sense for the goals that you are wanting to set for yourself, I have a five-day wealth system challenge. This is literally pay what you want, whether it is a dollar, whether it's um, <laughs> whether it's a thousand dollars, whatever the case is. It's a five-day challenge that gives you digestible content and easy to complete tasks that um, will allow you to create a system that works for you and your goals. Let's see, here is this link here. I had it in here, I don't know what happened. I've definitely messed up and been trying to do what others wanted me to do and failing because I didn't want that. Yes, yes, it's it. It's a double-edged sword because like social media is a great place to be and not even just social media, even people in your overall circle. And when they get excited about something, they're like, oh, you should do it too because I'm doing it. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad that you're you're doing it because you're excited about it, but it's not going to work for me. Because um, at first I was like, am I really even supposed to be doing this? Because what I was doing, <clears throat> like my marketing, my messaging, my the way that I um, showed up, it wasn't working. And it felt like I was failing and I wasn't accomplishing what I was supposed to be accomplishing. But once I started to, once I started to show up as myself, you know, laid back, hair tied, chill with no makeup on type stuff. And then just minimizing the code switching, <laughs> things became a lot easier for me, for sure. Um, but man, those, the first couple of years trying to follow a blueprint because it seemingly worked for other people really was a huge downfall. Um, how do you bounce? Oh, let me see. Ha, uh, hey, Samantha, how do you bounce back to finishing a goal if the goal is derailed? Uh, example, I set up a goal to save $1,000 for emergencies and the emergency occurred and now I have to rebuild the savings account. Great question, you know, because life be life in. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely does. So once you have to start the goal over because it was derailed or and I'll say this, 
it doesn't sound like the goal itself was derailed. It sounded like it sounded like it served its purpose because something came up and you needed to use that $1,000 for emergencies and it worked. It saved you from whatever. So I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like you, you failed or it was derailed. It at you, you met the goal. It worked out for you because it actually saved you for what you, you needed, but rebuilding it, it's just like, okay, you acknowledge that life happened, you know, cuss, do what you need to do. <laughs> And then create that plan to start putting that $1,000 away again um, so that when the next emergency happens, you have that cushion again. It's not necessarily like, oh, I failed and I need to sit in this. No, girl, you achieved the goal the first time around exactly for what you needed to achieve it for. And it happened. Now you acknowledge it and then you just start the plan all over again. So if you are wanting to save, let's say, $1,000 in the next three months. All right, well, the plan now is you're going to put $333.33 away for the next three months so that you have that replenished again. Was that helpful? Uh, is having multiple savings account for goal, uh, is having multiple savings accounts for goals or just one and have it all deposited there to say and save appropriately? Um, I like segmentation. I mean, it's completely up to you how you want to do your money. But I like segmentation. So if you have a goal of, okay, uh, there's $10,000 in this account specifically for emergencies, then um, you want to go ahead and have a separate account for that so that you don't mess that account up for whatever reason. And then if you have another goal of, I want to save $2,000 for the next six months because I want to go on an all-inclusive vacation, you know, having that separate account allows you to see that progress. Um, so if you can manage it all in one account, go for it. But for me, I personally personally like segmentation because that's just how my brain works. And I need to be able to see things without me having to work extra hard for it. So for example, for us, we have um, we have our savings account for emergency funds and for like house stuff. Then we have um, another savings account for our mortgage payment. And then um, we have another account specifically for the kids' expenses. So that way we can see the segmentation, what needs to go where and what needs to be replenished, why, when, all that wonderful stuff. So, I mean, it's completely up to, do, to you, but I vote to have separate accounts. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Thank you, Golden Dragon. I appreciate it. Are there any other questions? Okay, yeah, uh, let me see. That's what I will do. That would be better, thank you. You're welcome, Casey. Separate but equal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> separate but equal. And sometimes not even equal because some things take priority over the others. But uh, yeah, definitely separate accounts. I, I, that is my vote. Absolutely. Um, and I know one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest questions I get asked is how we separate um, finances and stuff because everybody has their own dynamic in relationships. But I know for us, me and my husband have our own individual savings and checking accounts and brokerage accounts. We also have joint brokerage account. Um, the joint accounts are for joint goals and all that wonderful stuff, joint bills. So we have a joint account for bills and whatnot. Then we have the joint savings account for joint expenses, like for example, just in this month alone, my God, we had to spend $2,000 on a new water heater and another $2,500 today on cutting down some trees. 
So, yeah. <laughs> um, and Samantha, speaking of that, that is what we had to, <laughs> that's what we have to replenish because um, that $4,500 in less than three weeks has, that hurt my feelings. But we have to go ahead and put it in a plan to do that. But that's what the joint savings account was for, was to take care of home and whatever else came up. Um, and then, of course, the individual account for the kids' expenses. So I think in total we have one, two, four, six, seven, eight. We have nine accounts <laughs> to handle everything. <laughs> uh, and just for reference sake, this is the fellow Texas homie. I know, I know, I knew it. I knew it, okay? I knew I wasn't tripping because I haven't seen your username pop up on Instagram for a minute. <laughs> but because I saw that dragon, I just knew that it had to be you. Okay. Uh, yes, my feelings were hurt. Man. And it's like, you know, I was going to complain about it, but I was like, look, we asked God for this house and we actually, we got it at the height of COVID before the world shut down and we got a bomb rate. And I can't complain about maintaining a blessing that we asked for. So I shut myself up, <laughs> made the transfer, and called it a day. Um, and that's still another way that I start looking at it, too, is, yes, it sucks that the goal was derailed or, you know, the emergency came up, came up, Jesus, came up. However, you had the means to take care of it um, without stressing. Now, it would have been a whole nother issue if we didn't have the money to take care of it. So... You know, it's it's kind of one of those things. You ask for this blessing, you got it, you got to maintain it. Think life happened, you had the funds to take care of it. Now let's go ahead and replenish it. Um, I got to continuously cut over here. Code man has been breathing down my throat. Listen, these code people get on my nerve, and I'm sick of them trying to raise taxes over here too. I don't know where it's going to because they're not paying teachers, and they sure as heck not fixing fixing a road. And if I I swear for Lord, if they open another gas not well, if they open another gas station and um, a car wash, I'm going to lose my mind. We need some other things here. <laughs> okay, so six accounts are not too much. Absolutely not. If you can manage them, they're not too much. <laughs> All right. So my question for y'all is, how do you like the live stream on Instagram? Not Instagram, on um, YouTube and Facebook other than Instagram. Because I'm not going back over there for live stream. Some days I can go live over there. Some days I don't. Instagram be playing with my feelings and I don't have time. Um, but this, I think I'm liking this setup and this is how it's going to be, you know, for the foreseeable future. This, this is the first time I caught you here. Well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I like this. Thank you, Casey. I appreciate it. Um, I'm really, I'm really, really trying to build the YouTube channel up because I, I need something that's actually going to work for me when I'm not on social media. Unlike Instagram, you know, content dies in two hours or so. Uh, YouTube, as long as the information is still relevant, it still will continue to go. So yeah, I think I like this setup and I'm going to continue to use it. And I'm glad it gave you the, the alert because Instagram don't do that. All right. Well, I don't see any other questions. I really appreciate you guys for hanging out with me today. Tomorrow, provided that life don't be life in, <laughs> I should be on around 11 a.m. We are going to talk about, what are we talking about? I don't remember. It's on there somewhere. 
but <laughs> thank you for going live. Let's meet up. We're in the same city. Are we really? Get out of here. Send me a message. <laughs> um, but whatever we'll, it's already on the, the feed. So we'll hop on at live around 11 a.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. But thank y'all, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.